Hello from Bear and Kura, a podcast from the Land of Oz Information Services. I love you, Kura. I love you, Bear. This is episode 37 of the Bear and Kura podcast. We're going to talk about our secrets. Who do you want to be more like? I think you know the answer to this question. Spock. Correct. Damn it, I was trying to buy me some time. (laughs) Buy you some time for what? About who I want to be. You don't know who you want to be? I like being me. I know that's a lame answer, but I don't think I strive to be anybody different. I really don't. I I know that's a boring answer, and I think that sounds like a cop-out, but what do you think? Don't you want to be more like your father? Well, in a lot of ways, I already am. I I think I'm all the good aspects of my dad, and I kind of kicked the bad ones to the side. My dad had a lot of redeemable traits, but then he didn't have so many redeemable traits, to say the least. So, I think everybody agrees that I'm just like my father. Oh, really? Oh, well, I I remember I, I didn't get to know your father that well. Well, my father was not a programmer. He was not a Star Trek fan. So you were nothing like your father? (laughs) I don't think so. But people say in my attitudes and my behaviors, I'm much like him. Well, sometimes you can come off as kind of standoffish. And I I think that's people think that, and they just don't know you. It's just you're not a people person. My father was not like that at all. He was a very egregious person. Oh, very what? Very egregious. Oh, come. He liked to tell stories, and he liked to talk to people. That's not you at all. You'd rather sit in a room by yourself and not talk to anybody. Mm. Ever. (laughs) Sorry. So, I I don't know why people say that. Maybe I look a little bit like him, but I I don't know. Hmm. That's interesting. When was the last time you really panicked? Um, I had to go back on this one. I think the last time I really panicked was when you were let go from one of your jobs. Really? I did not know that. Yeah. You came home, and it was just shortly after your father did what he did. And uh, I couldn't get a hold of you. And I got a call from your ex, worried about you. And your old boss, who we thought at the time was a friend, was worried about you. And... I just got really, really afraid that you were going to do something drastic. And it breaks my heart even thinking about this right now. And I couldn't get a hold of you. And I just had this thought that I was going to come in the house and find something terrible. And I felt so helpless. Just so, so helpless. And then when I finally got home, you were you were just laying in bed. Uh, I think you decided, you were so upset, I think you cried yourself to sleep. But I, 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 I called and I couldn't get a hold of you. And he... It just, I never want to go through that feeling again because it was just, it was just horrible. It was, I I couldn't do anything. And it felt like an eternity for me to actually get here from work to check on you. And I remember being at work and I told everyone I just stopped. I'm like, I'm leaving right now. I have to go. I didn't even tell them what was going on. I just, I just split. I didn't care if I was going to lose my job or not. I just had to make sure that you were all right. But it was just it just a sinking feeling of helplessness. So it just, oh, it crushed me. 
I was yeah, like, I had no idea all that went on. Oh, you really? Yeah. 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 Oh, surprise. <laughs> so. Uh, that that was a really bad day, and, and I did cry that day. Yeah. yeah. You were devastated. I mean, it was a job that you loved, and you thought you were going to be there for, you know, until you retired. And I know I knew I, you gave me an idea of how you felt, but I knew, uh, I mean, if, if you felt betrayed, let down. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I couldn't put the words in all the you know, emotions that were probably going through you, but I, I knew that it just crushed you. And it, it killed me to see you that way. But I was very happy when I came in the door and I found that you were okay. So... I remember tried calling like five or probably probably about ten to twenty times actually, and you want to pick up the phone, and I just had these just terrible terrible thoughts going through my head, and then I was angry that you didn't answer the phone because every well not angry but I was very relieved to see that you were okay, and then you were just sleeping, and you know everything was good. So, wow, yeah, I I, I had no idea all that went on in your head during that time. Yeah. See, I care more than you think I do. <laughs> <laughs> when was the last time you panicked? Probably, well, my previous job, I worked in a big downtown building. And I think we were on the third floor, maybe the seventh floor. I don't remember for sure. There was one day I got on the elevator by myself and it stopped on one of the floors on the way up to work and at that time a whole bunch of people got on the elevator and went up with me i i guess they were going to a conference room or something but that elevator was just jammed full of people and i was there sort of trapped at the back of the elevator and uh, i i did panic i i was in a place where i i couldn't get out and i really don't like people invading my personal space and being on an elevator you are kind of trapped yeah i, I definitely panicked mm. yeah I, I i know that's very uncomfortable for you you've gotten better about it but yeah it gets i whenever we go somewhere and we have to get an elevator i can tell that you you're you know you're very claustrophobic so yeah i can see that happening if you have a logo instead of a name, what would it look like? That's a good question. Probably, I, I'd imagine something, I don't know, with like a logo that represents me. Probably something with a shamrock or a clover. Um, Why a clover? I don't know. Just something I like, I guess. I mean, I have it tattooed on my body. Probably, I don't know, something with Irish ancestry. Some just, I'd make it up as something, uh, if it could be stuff that I like, that I absolutely adore. So, just a conglomeration of my likes, probably. That would probably be the best way to describe it, if I had to. How about you? So, basically, your tattoo. My tattoo with some other stuff on it, you know, in it and around it, or something like that. What would yours be, the Star Trek symbol? Yeah, I think the... um stylized arrowhead um i think they call it the delta shield i'm not a person to get a tattoo but i suppose if i ever did that would be the symbol that i would put on my body mm -hmm. now this is going to be easy i know all your secrets apparently 
<laughs> I'm joking. Alright. You're about to get into a fight. What song comes on as your soundtrack? The Sounds of Silence by Simon Garfield. Garfunkel. Garfunkel, sorry, yes. Um, mainly because I have never been in a fight, and I probably never will be in a fight, so there probably won't be any soundtrack. Yeah. I'll bet you've been in many fights in your life. More than I can count. Yeah, more than I can count. That's and a good question. What music was playing in your head when the, when that happened? I, I think nothing, really. I mean, most of the time, it's just you get into the flight. You're just uh, I'm not proud of this. Uh, you're just thinking how you can one-up this person or actually get them out of your way. And then, you know, the adrenaline gets going. Yeah, I'm not proud of the fact that I've been in flights. Most of my flights, I can say, though, that I've ever been in were flights sticking up for friends of mine. It's not stuff that I've ever really started. But, I don't know, some maybe Dropkick Murphy song would play. Yeah, wouldn't it be like another one bites the dust or anything like that? Nothing stupid. Probably crickets playing. <laughs> <laughs> so... No, and I, I, when I don't know when you're ever in a situation like that, it's more of you don't think, you just act. It's not fun. People who people who like the fight, I, I never got that mindset. Like like professional fighters, I don't just understand how they can get into a a ring or anything like that and think I'm going to beat the crap out of this person. They did nothing wrong to me, but I'm going to violently attack them and punch their face in. I just never understood that. So. But you watch fights on TV all the time. Yeah, I do. And I feel bad about it after I'm done watching. It's like a guilty pleasure. I mean, I respect what they do. Because there's a lot of work that goes into it. I mean, those guys train for hours and hours and hours and hours. Yeah, I, I just... People who say fighting is fun, it, it's it's retarded, it's, bar, it's barbaric. You know, like I said, I'm not proud of the fights that I did, but I, I can say that I never... I never fought just for fun. I, it was always to protect someone or protect a friend. I can say that most of the fights I've been in, I've been on the winning end of them. So, but there's times where I have been on the losing end. Uh, the worst was I got hit in the head with a bag full of uh, diesel batteries that hurt. And so I was winning that fight too. But then another guy came up from behind me and hit me in the head with a like literally a bag of diesel batteries. I say that. The person who uh, resorts to violence has admitted that their argument has lost. Yeah, oh, I could see it. Yeah, like I said, most of the time when my fights, about 90% of the time my fights were more reactionary than me being the aggressor. And I mean, also, you got to think, it's, I've worked in a bar for years, too. Like I said, I'm not proud of them by any means. But sometimes you're pushed to that limit, and you got to do what you got to do, you know, fight back instead of just being on the receiving end of it. But nowadays, people people don't fight. People pull out guns and shoot each other, and it's just not worth it. When I was growing up, you got no fight. You, know, you, you win or lose, you shook the person's hand, and you walked away. And nowadays, it's people instead of throwing, throwing hands, they, they, they want to go pick out a gun and and shoot the other person, which is just, you know, I have more respect for the human life than that. That's just I, I, ridiculous. How often do you feel overwhelmed? 
Not very often. I, I, I think, I don't know if you agree with this, I, I think that I'm a pretty laid-back person. I could be completely wrong. You know, if I start to feel overwhelmed, I normally just kind of take a step back and take a deep breath and just kind of relax. So, but yeah, I can't recall off the top of my head the last time I felt overwhelmed. When was the last time you felt overwhelmed? It wasn't that long ago when I had the gallbladder attack and ended up in the hospital because my gallbladder had ruptured. When I got home from the hospital, things that I normally did and took care of, I suddenly couldn't. I, I really just didn't do anything but sleep. Mm-hmm. And I, I did feel overwhelmed at that time. I, I had no idea what I was going to do. Yeah, I'm sorry. And it felt kind of like it was never going to end, but of course it did. Yeah, well, we we tried to help. I mean, your mom and sister came over, helped clean the house. Your sister did laundry, stuff like that. And I, and I know I'm not the best caretaker in the world, and I openly admit that. I tried my best. So. I think laundry was the biggest one. I was really worried about how that was going to happen. Well, in, in my defense, you won't allow me to do laundry either. Well, yeah. going down the basement stairs with a load of laundry is, is difficult enough for me. Yeah, and me with, you know, the prosthetic, the steep staircase. So. But no, I understand why, you, yeah, I could see you being overwhelmed with that. And so I'm sorry. Okay, dokie. Um, what would you immediately disqualify a potential husband? Um, the fact that I already have one. <laughs> so you can't disqualify me? I think that's not what they meant by this question. Yeah. I suppose um, maybe a really violent person who got in lots of fights. <laughs> After we just talked about the fights that I've been into. Okay, so why don't you give me the paperwork? <laughs> Everybody has their ups and downs. Um, I, I can't. Uh, well, uh, a person who was always openly violent would probably be immediately disqualified. But um, for the most part, you kind of get to get to know somebody before you you just say, "Well, so much for that." Yeah. What would you say would immediately disqualify a husband? That that's a good that's a good answer. What you said, someone would be like overly violent, just because I mean, if you see like you know, like we talked about me getting in fights, I don't think that's what you meant. But like someone who got angry and blew their top right away, because sooner or later that violence is going to turn towards you. I mean, you know what I mean. I don't think you should ever have to defend yourself physically in a house, in your in your safe place. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, that's a lesson that I learned a long time ago. Yeah. And, and yeah, th that dude, I would definitely fight that guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a broken finger that I, I look down and I see it, and it's a it's a reminder of a time that was really bad for me. Yeah. And I, I would not ever allow myself to get in a situation like that again. No, and I would never lay a hand on you ever. Ever, 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 ever. So, there's much more likelihood if someone did something to you that I'd, that's, yeah, I'd feel bad for that person. 
How adventurous are you? I used to be adventurous. As I've gotten older, I've gotten more laid back. And when I was a kid, I just did a lot of stupid things. I wasn't afraid of anything. You know, as a, if it was younger me, I'd say real adventurous. Now, I'm not. I just, I'm not. There's too many things that can go wrong. And then doing stupid things generally lead to sore bodies. And you know. I was going to say, is, is there a difference between adventurous and stupid? Yeah, well, there's a fine line. I mean, <laughs> I, you're not adventurous at all. No. No, I have to have everything planned out. Yeah. I mean, I think the last adventurous thing we did was when that trail went bad and when we went on that walk called the Rita Lake. And that was just... Oh, I forgot about that. That was just sketchy. Yeah, we, we got down to the creek and the bridge had washed out. Yeah. And um, we we got down into the gully and, of course, there was no... Going down was easy. There was no way to get back up. No. We, we had to climb back up, and, and yeah, that was pretty scary. They were probably, what, 20, 30-foot drop-offs? Something like that. Yeah, and me with one good leg. I mean, was, and then we were standing on maybe a foot-wide ledge at some points. It was just, it was real sketchy. It was, and we had no phone service. So if one of us fell, it, it would have been a while before we could have got help because we would have had to get out of there. One of us would have had to got out of there. Yeah. Well, I did not plan on that being an adventure. No, no, I'm not blaming you at all by any means. It just, it just and the path down to the creek was really nice. It was, um, it was in a field that was mowed, and it it was really nice. It mm. wasn't until we got down to the creek that it became dangerous. Well, it was it was in a heavily wooded area, so it wasn't like we could see what was ahead of us either. It wasn't like we just we kind of stumbled upon it. It wasn't like we saw it and so went forward. We kind of just came upon it, and then just the further we went, we realized that there was no turning back. Because I remember at one point we looked at each other like, "Should we go back?" And it was like, "Yeah, it was just it was just very questionable." So we we haven't been out there again. And I wouldn't mind going there again, but I would just go down to the forested area and back. I would. Yeah. I would not try to cross that creek again. No. No. I. It, it may be fixed by now. I, I don't know. Yeah, well, I hope so, because yeah, I could see someone getting really hurt back there. So uh, where do you go when you want to be alone? I often go for a walk in the park that's near the house, and it's it's a, a, a healing thing. I, I suppose I could do it for the exercise, but I don't do it for the exercise there. It's not for my physical health, it's for my mental health. Mm -hmm. And every time I do, I feel better afterwards. Yeah. What do you do when you well, want to be alone? It, well, you've kind of witnessed this. I normally just put on some music and I'll, I'll draw. Or what, what I'll do is I'll, I'll immerse myself into a book or I just turn everything off around me. Not, not even like turn off the TV or anything like that. I just kind of shut the world off around me and I just read i find that to be relaxing or like i said I, I like listening to music and then sketching and drawing or coloring and then i just completely put myself in that frame of mind where i'm alone and i can just be with my thoughts and i and i uh i don't know it seems to be like a healing thing with me whenever i whenever i get down or whatever i i uh i enjoy doing artwork um uh, 
you know, in the past it's helped me with depression and stuff like that. And, and that's what I like to do. It's not like so much as getting up and going out and being by myself. I don't like go to a certain place or anything like that. I just kind of go to a, my own little place in my head. And, uh, I, I find solace in that. Our, our world is full of a lot of distractions. There's always something on TV or on the radio or on the internet. Just going out and avoiding all of that for a while, I, I think is a good healing thing. Don't you think? Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think people need to make more of an effort to do that. And, and you think you can drive yourself crazy if you don't. Self-healing is great. I mean, everybody needs it. People who say they don't, they definitely do. Or they should try it. But yeah, like you said, this world's a crazy place, and it can be overwhelming at times. So it's it's you always have to look out for yourself. Don't always take time for yourself, because you, you know what else is going to do it for you. What chokes you up when you think about it? Oh God, uh, there's so many different things that can choke me up. You know this. You've seen it happen. Just little things. Uh, depends on. Um, my frame of mind, thinking of losing friends, stuff like that. That happened to you recently. A friend of mine committed suicide. We weren't really, really close. But I remember seeing him a few months ago, and I'm going to apologize right now if, if I get start getting choked up. And uh, he was recently going through a divorce, or he just told me that his wife filed for divorce. He had two little ones, and he, uh, he uh, decided to hang himself. Uh, his brother did the same thing seven years ago. And uh, like I said, we weren't real close, but we were acquaintances. And I knew something was wrong when I saw him. And, I, you know, I've been going back and forth on this. The day that I that I had my breakdown earlier this week, I about got on this podcast, just started wanting to talk and just venting about it. But I, I, I didn't, and my bear here got to listen to me vent about it. But I was angry. I I I don't know what was going in his going on in his head, and I and I'm not gonna act like I ever would. But it, I just it killed me that he couldn't find the strength to be here for his two boys. And I know there was nothing that I could have done about it. Uh, that he made up his mind and he decided to go down that path. So I guess I'm still going through the angry phase about it. But apparently there was a bunch of warning signs out there that other people didn't tell me about. But I, in my age, I, I feel like I've buried a lot of friends. This is a third friend that I've buried this year. What kind of triggered all of that was uh, one of my favorite bands came out with a new song. And uh, one of my favorite memories of him is we went to a concert up in Kansas City. And afterwards, we had the presidential suite with a bunch of friends. And it was just a really good memory. And then... I heard this new song from the band Blink-182 that came out, and I was super excited. And then it just killed me that he's no longer here for me to discuss that music with him. And it just kind of made me angry. Angry at him? Angry at him, angry at the situation. But, you know, I'm never going to... I'm never going to act like I knew what people go through when they, they're suicidal. Because it's not, I'm not here to judge. I, I I think it's a very selfish act, but people do things that some people just can never understand, and, and I guess that's not in my dichotomy or, or, or 
my thought process is to do that. And I hope never to be in that situation where I, I find that as a solution. So I feel for people who ever get to that point. I, I really do. Because, you know, every life is special. Like you said in the past, when someone dies, the whole universe dies with that person. Because the collateral damage is mind-blowing for the people that are left behind. And... You know, I, I want to, like, everyone goes, well, if he knew how much everyone cared, he would have never done it. No, he still was going to do it, no matter what. From what I understand, it's just when people get to that point, there's no bringing them back. And that just kills me. Sorry, a terrible term to use in this situation. But, yeah. Thanks well, for my father committed suicide. And there were signs, but you have to realize... There are always signs that you see afterwards, but you, you don't ever put them together until no. after that's happened. Yeah, and it goes it goes to what it could have showed us, you know. Oh, I why didn't I know this? Well, you never you never think that that's going to happen. You never in your wildest dream think that that's going to be the solution because you're not the person who's doing it. You you know you're you're thinking like a rash human being where suicide is just not. A rational choice. You, do you know what I'm saying? I think it's a choice. Y yes, it is a choice. Yeah. I, I've when I ran the game formation line, I talked to people who were co or considering killing themselves, and I would say, yes, it is a choice. You you can do that, but it's a choice that you can't ever come back from. You, yeah. you can't. Afterwards, say, "Oh, I changed my mind." You know. No, when, when I'm when, after that, you're dead. But what I meant, like by a choice, is it's not a choice in the person who's not committing suicide. Like you, you don't think that that person was going to do it. You you never sit there and go, "Oh, well, I'm worried about him. He's going to commit suicide." It's not in your 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 thought process because you're not in that situation. You don't think that your friend's going to do that unless they're really screaming for help. You know, like like he did it, but no one thought that he would do it so it's not something you think you need to worry about when you're looking out for someone like that but then when they finally do it you look back in the hindsight's 2020 you're like oh there was signs but you ultimately don't think that that person would do do you see what i'm saying well consider this somebody you know is in extreme physical pain and it's it's a continuous pain that doesn't ever end do, do you think it would be all right for them to end their lives to stop that pain? Uh, well, I mean, this is where we get into kind of a very gray area. Part of me says yes. Um, you know, uh, people who look like are dying of terminal cancer. Like, basically, like assisted suicide, I, I think people should have bodily autonomy where they can decide what they want to do with their lives if they're in the right frame of mind. But I can understand that completely. You know, if I was, if, if I'm given a year to live and cancer's going to kill me, and if I want to have autonomy over my own body and I want to die earlier than that instead of basically slowly creeping towards death, living a miserable existence, you know, in my own opinion, that's full of just pain and agony, then I think I should have the right to do that. Okay, N next question is, um, what about 
mental pain. If you're in severe mental pain, how is that any different? No, from you're being right, in and that's physical that's, pain. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it's you, you can you can quantify physical pain. You can't quantify mental pain. And and I understand that he must have been going through a lot of mental anguish and depression. So that's why I'm saying it's a great area. I'm not acting like I'm an expert on this. I I, I understand what you're saying, and I agree. But. It, and it's a big but. I always think if you're severely depressed, you might be able to get help out there. You might be able to find someone to talk to, someone to help curb the curb the feeling of depression to get you out of that, that mire of guilt and self-doubt and ridicule. And these days, uh, that kind of help is so accessible. Yeah. there There's... Not only national, but there's local suicide prevention lines mm -hmm. that are available 24 hours a day. Yeah. So, like I said, I'm not one, you know, I'm not one to judge. I feel the way I feel. There might be people who get angry about this. Like I said, right now, I'm, I'm in the, the angry stage about it. I have a right to my beliefs and my thoughts. So, it's not up for debate. It's just, it's just a shame. That's all. I, I, I just keep picturing his little boys without a father. Well, something that chokes me up every time is um, I'll see a, a, a video or listen to a podcast, and you'll see suffering, uh, particularly small children or animals. Mm -hmm. When I see those things. It definitely chokes me up. Like the ASPCA commercials? Yes. Yeah, it gets me every time, too. Yeah. Yeah, well, on a lighter note, there's times where I see a commercial, and some commercials get me choked up, so. And other times, they're just so over the top that they're almost comical. Yeah. Well, they they feel manipulative. Yeah, so. manipulative, that's the but, word. I mean, that's what they're there for. They, they're there to, to spark uh, a feeling. That you're going to remember. So, all right. Well, so I guess we'll end this on a brighter note. So, what's your favorite joke right now? Okay. We're going to do something a little different this time. I'm going to play a sound and I want you to identify it. Are you ready? Yeah. Let's play that again. Sounds like some sort of guinea fowl or something, some sort of bird. I know it's supposed to maybe sound like a toy, but it sounds like a bird to me. I'll play it one more time. That's the sound of two clowns having sex. Oh, God. <laughs> I thought you were going to say this is what it sounds like to me when you're talking. <laughs> oh... I hope you've enjoyed episode 37 of the Bear and Kura podcast. This is Bear. And Kura. Goodbye. Goodbye. You have been listening to the Bear and Kura podcast, a production of the Land of Oz Information Services. We can be contacted via email using the address podcast at oz.com. And Oz is spelled A-W-E-S.
This show is part of the Pride 48 Network. Find all the best shows under the rainbow at pride48.com.